Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonia McQueen, with your mind, your body, your choice. All right, round three. So this podcast, which I've done two more today, but um, I'm sure by now they've been posted. So this final one I want to speak about is about when to confront people in difficult situations. Um, And in that, I want to include exclusion and inclusion, right? Because it was on my heart. So I used to have the worst habit. Um, You guys know I'm I'm, I'm very honest in, in my personality traits, bad or good. But I used to have the worst timing with confronting situations. In other words, I never waited. I would do it angry. I would do it right away. It didn't matter where or when because I could not be still. My skin crawled. My heart palpitated. I just could not be still until I confronted people in situations. And it didn't matter what it was. You know, they said something I didn't like. They did something I didn't like. And it had to concern me, of course. But I would want to confront that right away. It's It was so bad for me that um, when my husband was in a hospital on, on a deathbed almost, somebody said something to me and I didn't like it. And, you know, he finally came out of his coma. He wasn't intubated anymore. And what do I do? I go into his room and let him have it. You know, it it was that bad. It's like, I can't even wait for him to heal and take care of him before I, I would not have been able to survive without saying what I needed to say. At least that's what I thought at the time. I've always been the type that did not mind a little confrontation, but on the flip side, there were certain people or circum- certain circumstances when I know I should have said something, I was tight-lipped. I kept my mouth shut. And it wasn't for fear. It was just maybe the situation, things that I should have spoke up on, I shut my mouth. And things I should have shut my mouth on, maybe it was insignificant. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Now, that has to do with many things, I believe. Number one, maybe it's the person. Maybe I felt some kind of way already about that person and just had to let them know at every turn when they irritated me, when they said something I didn't like, when they did something I didn't care for. And I I couldn't hold my tongue, so I just let it out. Maybe it's whatever I was going through. I let my situations determine the way I treated other people. And I looked forward to an opportunity to release stress by verbally abusing or hurting other people. By maybe speaking the truth, but not in a good way. You know, sometimes you speak the the, the harshest words in your truth instead of speaking your truth in love. You know, it's it's different if I say, hey, you know, yesterday you 
did such and such, and it, it kind of bothered me, and I wanted to talk to you about it, if you don't mind. Of course, they want to hear it, as opposed to you saying, hey, you always messing up, man. You do the dumbest stuff all the time, and I don't get you. You know, yesterday, even yesterday, you did such and such, like an idiot, once again, and now you are verbally abusing somebody. You know, you're crushing their spirit because you're not talking in love. So we do that sometimes, well, most of the time, on purpose. We say we can't help it, but I swear to you, when people say, oh, that's just me, I can't help it. I spoke about this in another podcast. They're just making excuses to keep up with their bad behavior. We can help it. Unless you're medicated by a psychiatrist and you haven't been taking your medication. And I I'm, I really mean that. I am not knocking mental abuse. And I'm sorry. Um, I am mentally aware that, physically aware, emotionally aware, I am aware that mental illness is real. And sometimes when people are mentally ill, they cannot help themselves, especially if they're on medication and the medication makes them feel worse so they don't take it. And then when they don't take it, they might be abusive verbally. They might be and they can't help it. That's one thing. But if you're not and you are, that is, if you're not mentally ill and medicated, but you are being verbally abusive, you can help yourself. And don't use that excuse, that's just the way I am. You're excusing yourself for being a donkey. That is an ass. And there's no excuse for it. And I'm speaking from a place of knowledge because I used to be that donkey. I used to be the person. I didn't care where it was, the church house. My house, your house, the outhouse, it didn't matter, the doghouse. I am going to speak my mind. But depending on who it is, depending on how it came out. And I should speak to everybody in kind. And if I can't speak to you that way, I need to keep my mouth shut. Because if I can't speak to you in love, I'm not speaking to you, you know, in, in favor and that means that I have no real feelings for you, which means that whatever you did shouldn't be bothering me. You know, I, I've spoke about the job I had at DOH, Department of Health, how evil some of those people were. And I'm standing on that. I've even interviewed a couple of people, if you haven't heard them, that worked at the same place. And we talked about how evil that place is. I'm standing on that. I'm not folding on that. I mean, almost every person I know that survived that place speaks of it the same way. But I said that to say there were some people in there I would not have wasted my breath to tell them about themselves or the things they were doing or saying or the way they were treating people because it would have fell on deaf ears or they would have taken my words, twisted them, and went straight to HR to try to get me fired. And I knew this. So I kept my mouth shut. I knew how to bridle my tongue then. I knew how to bridle my tongue. No matter how much it burned me sometimes. And sometimes it didn't bother me. I just knew that that's just the way they were. Evil. And it wasn't my place to walk into their, to their webs. 
I needed to stay clear of them and go about my business. So how could I feel that way about people I felt my heart were evil, but people I claimed to love and care about? I could just pull out a Uzi and ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, verbally, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. <laughs> Say thing after thing after thing to hurt them and claim I wasn't trying to hurt them. I just had to say this. No, you don't. And if you do have to say it, you say it, you pray about it first. Think about what you wanna say. And especially if you're upset, you don't wanna say nothing upset. I know. Because I'm gonna speak the truth upset, but it's not gonna come out right. And it's gonna hurt that person. And later on, I'm gonna think about the way I said it and say, well, I meant it, but I shouldn't have said it. There's no backpedaling. Once you say something, you cannot backpedal it out of your mouth, out of their heads, back on your tongue, back down your throat. You can't. Even if they say, you know, I understand. No, they don't. It hurts. And once something hurts, you can't take that sting away. Once you hurt somebody, you can't backpedal and automatically pull that stinger out of their skin. It's in there. It's done its damage. And once you've done it one time too many, which is once, but let's just say twice for the sake of this, they're just going to expect that of you. Don't be the person people expect negativity from. Oh, here comes Sonya. I know she's going to have something to say. Be the person, oh, here comes Sonia. I know she's going to have something to say. But when they say it with that, dang, here she comes. Man, why she got to come now? You know people don't expect the best from you. And you don't want to be that person. You want to be the person somebody smiles when something's going on. And they look forward to what you have to say. You want to be that good voice, that positive energy, that reinforcing force. Not that, oh my gosh, <laughs> here she comes again. Don't be that person. You know, um, I was thinking this morning, it was funny about, before I started the podcast, about this one time, um, this person was going through something. And when they called me to talk to me, they said, you know, it was really hard for me to call you. You know, I just knew you were gonna go off or I just knew what you were gonna say. And I laughed because I was like, yeah, yeah, you know me. But that was nothing to laugh about. That was something to think about and say, wow, that's really how I am. I'm like that where people, when they want to call me and tell me something, they first have to pray about it <laughs> because they know how I'm going to react or they know how I'm going to say it. It's not positive. That's not a good look. That's not how I want to be perceived. But at the time when she said it, I thought it was funny. Yeah, you know, you better get yourself together before you call me to talk to me about something. No, no, ma'am. No, sir. No, no, no. You want to be 
that person, that first person, after they go to the throne, you want to be that person that they call because they know you're going to speak to them in wisdom and in love and in kindness. And you're that voice of reason. You don't want to be that, mm, God, I don't want to tell her, but I have to. Dang, let me think about how I'm going to come to her with this. And sometimes that forces people to lie anyway or exaggerate or under, under tell a story because they don't want to hear your mouth. So, you guys, you know, I don't know who this was for because I never know. So, well, I'm not going to say I never know. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm going to speak about and why I'm speaking about it, but that's for somebody. Now, quickly, I want to talk about inclusion and exclusion. Everybody doesn't need to be included in your moves. Know who to include and who to exclude. And it's okay if you have somebody that you normally would include that you need to exclude this time. I don't understand, and I really mean this, why people get their feelings hurt when they feel like they should be included in everything in your life. Think about those people and how many things they include you in, in their life. I know people who actually feel like whatever I'm going through, they want to be included. But I can count on one hand that's missing fingers how many times they included me. Usually that's a spirit of nosiness. They just want to be there. Sometimes they're not even your biggest cheerleader behind your back. Or sometimes they are, but it's just not the position for them to be included in. You start a new job, not a new job, you're opening your own business. And there are people you just know you love and they're so excited for you, but you know they're not going to bring any greatness to your business, but you still include them because you know their feelings will be hurt if you didn't. And now they're not doing anything great for your business, but you don't want to fire them because you're scared to lose that friendship or that family ship. You knew from the beginning not to include them, but you did because you didn't want to hurt their feelings. You know, I, I, I talked often about Alex. He was my boss. I'm still a friend of mine. We still talk often, but he lost his business because he included friends that knew nothing about nothing. But he would listen to them over me, who knew everything I was supposed to know about my job. But they were so jealous of me and my position, they would put bad information in his head. And I would tell him and then back it up by facts. Alex, don't you go down that road. But he was so scared of losing that friendship, those friendships, that he would listen. He listened his way right out of a business. So guess what, you guys? He opens up a brand new business, hires me as a consultant. I go up there. It's a good three hours away. He would get me a hotel room, rent me a car, pay me very well. I hired everybody for him. I trained everybody for him. I said, do not include those people now. Oh, mom. He calls me mom. He's, he's Cuban. Mom, I would never do that. Never, never, never. Next thing I know, I'm supposed to be up there for two weeks. Oh, mom, um, I'm going to have to wait until this date to bring you up here. No problem. No problem. First phone call I get from one of the new hires is, there's this guy up here and this girl and 
Miss Sonia, they're telling us to do X, Y, and Z, and he was in here cursing and yelling, and what's his name? <laughs> she tells me, he's done included these same people who helped him ruin his first business into a second business. You know why? Because they told him to. Keep your mouth shut sometimes. Tell people no. Tell people hell no. Nah. Are you crazy? You let these people run you out of your first business, which was an excellent business, bringing in millions. Next thing you know, you're bringing in hundreds of thousands, then thousands, then hundreds, then zeros. Next thing you know, you're being sued, left, right, right, left. Now I'm up here helping you again and you bring the same spirits in. Guess what, you guys? That happened last year. He opened this new business last year. His grand opening, which I kept telling him, don't open, don't open, don't open. You're not ready, you're not ready. This person's telling him, no, open, open, open. He opened. Not one customer. That was October 1st. By October 15th, 70% of the staff had to be let go of. Mind you, you just opened October 1st. A month hasn't even went by. By November 1st, 90% of the company was gone. Still no clients. He lost the building. He lost all his work equipment. No people. And those people, I told him over and over again, don't bring in there, went on about their business. Everybody doesn't need to be in your business. And just because you care about somebody doesn't mean they need to be included in your decisions. Be wise about who you include and who you exclude. And exclusion does not equal, I don't care for you. And if somebody feels some kind of way about you excluding them from your business, they're not an understanding person and you need to reevaluate some things. It's okay to sit down and tell them, hey, listen, this is your strength, but this is the way I'm going, you know, and you'll always be my ride or die. But and if they don't understand that, really, really, really evaluate that relationship. I'm your girl, Sonia McQueen. You know how to catch me, led by motivation07 at gmail. That's L-E-D by motivation07, no spaces at gmail. I love getting your feedback. And if you want to be a part of one of these podcasts, you send me an email. I'll hit you back within 24 hours. All right. Take care. Have a beautiful day.